Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Nelson, who else would make the break? He gets it away to Roberts. He's a flyer. There goes James Roberts. Does blink you won't see. A chance for a field goal from long range. Milford is there. The Steve's kicked it. Is good. Redemption. Hello Broncos fans and welcome to the round one preview, round two review episode. No, I got that backwards. Whatever, we're running with it. (laughs) As always, I'm Mitch and I'm joined on the line by our good friend Simo. How are you going, Simo? Yeah, now I've had better weeks. How about yourself? You've had better weeks, mate. Um, are 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 you still working? Yeah, we're still working. I've um, I've had like a cold all week, so yeah. lots, of, lots of coughing, which as soon as you cough around anybody, they're like, do you have coronavirus? And it's like, no, I do not have coronavirus. But, Are you sure? Yeah. Um, yeah, and then also my fantasy team's falling apart, so, you know, there's that too. Oh, yeah, dinner's the NFL team. Yeah. Well, mate, um, as you said, at least you're not dead. <laughs> like, yeah, I am alive. Like, but, life, yeah. life does go on. How's your week been? Mate, it's been, obviously, if people don't know if they do, or maybe they don't, but I work for the uh, NRL's data company, mate, and, like, this week has been something else, because obviously the NRL's still going, but we, we cover all the way down to under-16s and, you know, Newcastle, local rugby, all that kind of stuff, and it's like, you know, most of our business in that regard sh- kind of shut down this week with NRL, and this is why we're leading QRL off right now. And, you know, as selfish as it is, and I know there's millions of health reasons for it not to be going, I'm kind of happy that NRL's still going. But it's just it's just been a bizarre week, mate. <laughs> like, and I've, I've worked from home the last two days, and it's like, working from home actually sucks. <laughs> what who knew? Yeah, I don't know. I'd like to work from home, but that's not really oh. possible for my work. Well, like, when I actually have work to do is when it sucks, hey? Because, like, I went, so I went down to... um. I went down to the bloody public library, mate, today. Well, I've been to one of those in 10 years. Yeah, I was going to say, it's the last time that happened. Exactly, and it was actually really good. They, it turns out libraries are still a thing with, like, Wi-Fi and everything. Well, that's great. So that was actually, and I got way more work done. That was better than working off the office. I got all my work done in, like, three hours, which also reminds you how bad, how uh, inefficient we are at offices. But you're working from home, mate. I don't do anything. <laughs> it's, it's actually not great. I saw um, this was just talking about obviously like people in general apparently seem to love having like meetings and stuff, you know, mm. and um, talking to someone and they were saying, oh, the good thing about the coronavirus is like you find out what meetings actually need to be meetings and what ones need to be phone calls. That's it, mate. And, 
and um, there was someone they had to they had someone wanted to have like an in person meeting with them, and so they were going to drive two hours for this meeting and then two hours back after work hours, and then they rang up and they're like, oh no, we'll probably just do it over the phone. Like I'm just I don't really want to travel that far, and then coronavirus and all that. It was an 11 minute phone call. And they're like, you were going to make me drive four hours for a 11-minute phone call. That's it, mate. Oh, mate, oh, don't start me on that stuff. I, I hate meeting rooms. Meeting rooms are the worst things ever. Like, they just are. Like, they're, good. they're good if you go to a meeting that someone's put down the minutes, dot point what they want, and then you get out of there. And, but that never happens. People, no. Most people want to host a meeting because they don't want to be prepared. They want to do the preparation in the meeting, and it's like, it kills me. I had a two-hour, 45-minute phone conference yesterday. Yeah, that's too long. It is. Anyway, let's uh, let's get let's get on from uh, coronavirus chat. But there's actually no Broncos news this week outside of like the obvious ones that we're covering the review and preview, being like Pangai suspension and other debuts. So like nothing really to, to read on that front. So I reckon we'll just go straight into the review. If that works for you, Simo. Yeah, I actually have notes this time. So how about that? We yeah, we got notes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Not gonna so, last. Uh, so round one, Friday the thirteenth of March, the Brisbane Broncos twenty-eight defeated the North Queensland Cowboys twenty-one at our Queensland Country Back Stadium, the, the stadium opening. Anyway, the tries, the, the five tries to the Broncos: one to Jake Turpin, one to Katoni Staggs, one to Davida Pangai Jr., one to Dave Fafita, one to Jermaine Asako, uh, and Jermaine Asako four from five with the boot. Uh, other side of the field, four tries to the Cowboys. One to Hones, one to Felt, one to Cooper, one to Ben Hampton, two from four with the boot, Cole Felt, and then that bloody field goal on half-time in what was, I wouldn't say a comprehensive victory, but kind of in our control for the majority of the fixture. Um, just quickly, uh, Asako was four from four. I think Croft kicked the fifth. Uh, that's it. So my bad. Stats guy getting corrected. This is good for me. <laughs> That's <laughs> good for the brand. Um, yeah, it, the the scoreline ended up closer than what the game appeared. As soon as that Fafita try happened, I was not worried at all for the rest of the game. Like even when they scored, I wasn't worried. I I from that moment we, I knew we had it and it was comfortable. That's it. I didn't have enough time. I know they scored with with six minutes to go to get within seven, but it's like this team was that Cowboys team. They were never getting down the field twice. From then on, I just say this is over. When when this is when when Pank when Feeder scored, it was over to me. Then Asako iced it off there, in the sixtieth, and then from then on, it was gravy. But um, it yeah, it just it was a weird game though. Like obviously, I'm happy it happened. We won, but I wasn't that impressed because like the main my main bugbear is like I spent all last year talking about Asako to fullback. I spent off season arguing with Broncos fans about it, talking about how like he's going to be a better support player, better kick returner. You know, he might make mistakes, but like he's just got much more talent there. All that kind of stuff. Blah blah blah. Bird does his ACL like you kind of predicted. Not his ACL, but you predicted that he wasn't going to last pretty much. And then yeah, we get this Asako performance, but it annoyed me because like again. I spoke, we spoke of this last season, but it wasn't the process. Like the process is the problem. The result was good, but it's like in our, our best thirteen, apparently he does not in it neither. And Pangai's not on the edge of it either. In the edge of it either. So again, I was just like, well, I'm happy we won, but like that wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> it's just annoying because, like, sure, Sarko might put in you know a bunch of good performances, and then that is going to be his spot forever. But it's like you just you have no confidence that. The next decision that comes up, like this, it was just a mistake that we got this. There was no no smart person made this happen because they know what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. That's it, mate. And he was. I know he made that one mistake late in the game that led to a try, and he probably did look his fitness did look a little underdone to play fullback. But I mean, 
the other blokes fit this aside and done to play fullback that he got got a non-contact injury in training, you know. But, like, Osako made that mistake. Other than that, mate, I thought... I thought he was hard done by to not get a Dally M point, that ridiculous system. I thought he was, him and Haas were our best on the ground. For Fede, obviously, the best moment, but I thought across the whole game that those two were our best. I don't know what you thought. Yeah, I thought he was, obviously, yeah, that error at the last. But half the blokes on the field, it's round one. Everyone gets cramps in round one. That's he it. obviously was the first to start going down, but, you know, it's round one. That's what happens. And up north. And, yeah, some of his numbers in that game, I mean, you know, 17 runs, 176 metres is impressive enough from a fullback, especially a Broncos fullback. Uh, one try, one line break, two line break assists, and one try assist. But I know, I know that try he scored off Jesse Arthur's wasn't even that impressive. But that was almost the thing that impressed me the most. Cause it was like about bloody time we had a fullback who turned up when there was broken play to support and was there for the offload. It was like about bloody time we've been waiting for that for two years now for someone to turn up when when anybody has an arm free and the Sarko did it. Yeah, you go back last year and it just would have been someone getting tackled five metres out. That's it. It's, uh, Arthur just gets stopped and that's that's the end of that. Um, and then Macca goes into half and it's slow out of half and, you know, nothing happens. Oh, mate, we may as well go there now then. McCulloch coming off the bench. Could there be anything less inspiring? <laughs> what was worse, his performance or his haircut? Oh, yeah. It, how can you make a mullet look bad? Everyone wants to see mullets, but somehow it looks bad. I, it's literally the first bad mullet I've seen. Everybody else has mullets and it looks amazing. Yeah. And I'm not biased or anything, but you know. And then his just looks like he's a carpenter or something. It's terrible. It just looks like someone who hasn't been to the hairdresser forever and it naturally grows that way, which is not what footy players are supposed to look like. They're supposed to go to the hairdresser, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, and, and even Jake Turpin had respectable hair for this game, which is rare. He didn't have his bowl cut, so that was nice of him, but like... McCulloch coming on, and that he he tried he tried so hard to to make impact. He ran the ball five times, which is rare for him. But that bloody pass he threw with like I don't know how many minutes to go, but he missed the first receiver and the second receiver, and he's only been on the field for like ten minutes. You're like, yep, yep, he's still the same player. I mean, we talked about Asako and lucking into that one. There is a right call that they have nailed, which like it's not hard to nail that call. You should be nailing that call if you're a coach. But they have figured that one out. The Turpin's better than Macca. They have, and Turpin's first try was catch. Like he caught Rusty Valentine Holmes, but this is these things just seem to be happening for Turpin. Eh? He scores the weirdest tries. Like he scored a try in the um in the trials when he scored off the back of a scrum against the Titans, where the scrum just opened up, as if scrums just you can just walk through them now. <laughs> he went through one of those, and you know he scored that try last year when he did the pirouette for some reason, and he scored. But weird things seem to happen around Jake Turpin, and I'm all about that. I can't explain them. He's a football player. Football player. That's it. That's how you explain it. Sorry, he's just a football player. <laughs> but uh, you do watch his game, though, and you do think, like, which one was the million-dollar fullback? Because bloody hell, Val Holmes came back, like, buckets of rust. He um he looked better in the second half, but the first half, he was dropping balls. That defense was all over the place. Like, yeah, his first half was definitely a Barry Crocker, but I thought he looked a bit better in the second he half. He did. And, but... I, I mean, we've talked about this before. I've never thought he was a fullback. He's always been a winger to me, but he's, I, I th- I'm in a minority in that it, one. He's been a work in progress uh, fullback for a while now. You know? But anyway. I just think, like, play someone else there. And, like, I don't know. Give him some more time. He's coming back from the NFL. And you listen to everyone on Fox, like, before the game. They're like, yeah, he's only been out of the game 12 months. And he's a supreme athlete. He's going to be the best on the field. And... Everyone's just singing his praises, and then he puts that performance in. 
Yeah, I heard... Um, I didn't see the Fox pregame, but I did hear that they apparently called him the best player in the game when he left, which is very classic. Just like when they were calling Hayne the best in the game when he left. Like, no, nobody thinks that. <laughs> That's what players need to do this, is just go overseas for like six months. That's it. And people just forget all the bad things they ever do, and they only remember the... like. It's like they play they play a highlights reel of them, and then people like that's all they ever did, like th- just that stuff. That's it. That- <laughs> and, then, and so then they're like, "Yeah, this guy has to be in the best in the game." He was definitely the best. Well, why would he have made it to the NFL if he wasn't the best player in the game? I mean, you tell me. I mean, that's, that's good logic right there. <laughs> that's it. But yeah, he made that rusty mistake early, like that, just not paying attention to the marker. And he did have some good moments, as you said, late, but um. He obviously, had, I think, he contributed a little bit to us winning this game. But I'll tell you what, like, also on the Cowboys, I did this on Boom Rookies, but I'll just never pick this team in the top eight until Paul Green's gone. And I think you mentioned it last week, there's some great talent in this squad. But, like, Ben Hampton, thank God you exist. Because maybe if he had an actual winger on that left wing, they might have actually got close to this game. Because twice, he bombed tries with just standing in the wrong spot. Went through a stand on the wing, and they, and they would have scored two more tries, pretty much. Um, Dunn also bombed a try where he had like a two on one, a two on none overlap and dummy. Oh, that was good. Um, and then I think it was Jesse Arthur's made the tackle and it was like, what are you doing? But yeah, yeah, they, they like, there's definitely players in the side that you want to like, even though I hate the team in general, but yeah, while ever Paul Green's there, I'm a happy That's man. That's it, mate. And then uh, the only real big... Plus, I had was SR Masters running at Darius Boyd, and like I love that the bar that's been set for Darius Boyd now is like not not being embarrassed and not being the worst on the field means he played well. Yeah, it's not even that he has to play an no. average game; he has to play like a three out of ten game and just not be like an embarrassment. That's his level. Like his moment. numbers say he missed zero tackles, right? That's because like he didn't get close to Masters on about three occasions when he just ran right past him. It's like, oh yeah, I didn't miss anything. Like, okay, Darius. And he did a lot of those bloody d- dummy half runs again where he just runs about nine metres sideways. It's like, mate, thanks. Thanks for wasting that tackle, champ. Oh, we got, what, 24, 23 games it's to go. It's good, mate. It's good. You know, actually, this is an upside of coronavirus. This comp will get cancelled in about two weeks and then we'll only have to watch two more games of Darius Boyd. That's good. That's good, mate. And then he'll, he'll retire. So that's a, that's a good plus. Look, I mean, let's be honest. I think rugby league's at a point now that my rugby league prison idea might take off. They're so desperate to not get hit with the coronavirus. They might put him on a ship somewhere and send him out into the ocean and just let him lock him all in and only let him out to play. That might happen. I, I don't know if this news has made it down south or if it's just more like local news and it's like a pipe dream, but there's a lot of talk about the NRL coming to Calliope of all they did. I did hear that news that Calliope had made an offer. I was like... There's going to be like a field they play on out there that's like just got like a 10 metre strip down the side that's all bindies or something, eh? Like you just wouldn't want to get tackled that's right That's it. There. And you know how I know I made it down south, mate? Because I had someone say to me yesterday, the NRL's looking to go to Colope. And I was like, where? <laughs> like, yeah, they're looking at, talking to a town, they're going to Colope. I was like, oh, okay, can you, can you sound it out? Can you spell it for me? Oh, okay, Colope. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was great. But, yeah. um,. But yeah, anyway, we're back to this game. And let's also talk about Jesse Arthurs, I thought, um, started pretty slow on the wing. I made that uh, mistake early, but I thought, yeah, not too bad um, going when he went to the centres, I thought, as the game went on. Yeah, I um, I didn't mind him too much at all. I thought he, you know, he played pretty well. I thought he looked better at the centres than on Definitely. the wing. And he looked better at the centres. Like, he looked good playing the centres for the trials, too. Yeah, I just, just want to run the um, stat correction, mate. Apparently, he uh, missed that field goal. Well, Brody Croft just 
Sorry, that the oh, conversion. Okay. Well, <laughs> we'll just all correct each That's other it. then. And um, he said to it, like, yeah. and yeah. then, okay, I may as well say it, Brody Croft, that was okay. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that was... That was that's his bar. His bar, like Darius, is a three out of ten. His bar's a five out of ten, and then I'm okay. That's it, mate. And so the the thing I'm going to be half positive on him about is like we people always say like in in rugby league in general, if your forwards dominate any half, like a half can look a lot better than mm. they are. And our team does do that. We do win the forward battle most games, like we did all last year. But our just halves were. You know, we didn't have a half to actually take advantage of that. Whereas the way Croft was running, like he runs back in behind the ruck and the kind of things he can actually do, which isn't a whole heap. But, you know, he takes advantage of that sort of play. And so maybe it won't be a complete disaster. Yeah, I'm not going to read too much into it over one game. But there was that one thing I did say he's been good at is that run back behind the ruck. And he did do that in this game. He's not too bad at that. But I guess the thing I enjoyed more out of it was like, it was finally the first time in a while that Milford wasn't actually playing halfback and he looked much freer. And whilst not everything really worked for him, it's really nice to see him pop up on opposite sides of the field and, and turning up to, to a, in a few areas. And he only touched the ball 30 times for Milford, which is way, way down last year. Some games last year were making him touch it 70 bloody times. He only touched it 30 times, but that's good. That's what you want to see from Milford. You want to see a little less of the... With the responsibility of getting his hand in the ball and more of, like, doing what he wants to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, so I guess kind of in general on this team, I'm a bit cautiously optimistic. Like, there's some things like there we just said we like, but I know also last year at the start we played really good against the Cowboys in round two. Yeah. And we didn't realise what was about to happen to our season. So, you know, you don't know if it's just because we are playing the Cowboys and the boys all turn up for that. Yeah. That's it, mate. Who knows? But um, anyway, we'll go. Now we'll go on to the forwards. Actually, oh, wait, well, where's we'll cover for the rest of the backs? Uh, Katoni Stags, decentish game. But uh, I did enjoy our good friend Pythagorean RL's fire up about they haven't earned the right to have pre-prepared um, try celebrations. I like that. <laughs> now, see, I, I tweeted this one, but that celebration was prophetic because the Cowboys got oh, rinsed. Yeah, well so. done, mate. <laughs> and this was like. Corey Oates is a couple of these games a year. I'm just glad one of them was in round one for a win. When he like, what was he doing? That bomb where he just didn't just step on the sideline, mate, and then you're fine. So, just quickly, I'll get back to yeah. that bomb in a second. But at work, we're sitting around in the smoko room, the de- like the the day of this game, and we're talking about the Broncos. And one of the guys is like, you know, I like all the Broncos, blah blah. blah. I just I can't stand Corey Oates. He's the worst bloke in the team. And I fired up. I was like, you asked. No, like, that's a bad take. You know, I had a big go at him, and I, I went in about how, you know, he starts off our sets mm. and this and that. And then Corey Oates comes and puts in that performance for me that night. And it was like Monday morning going to work was like, yeah, I know. Don't talk to me about Corey yeah, You're off him, you're saying. You're off Corey. He's, he's out of the good books. <laughs> no, I'm, st- I'm still on him. But, like, mate, put in a better performance when I back that's you up. That's it, mate. Like, he just had one of those games, and he has them, and they're probably a bit too common right now, but I think there's a lot to do with his confidence, too. He hasn't scored many tries in the last few run-outs, and uh, also where he's playing outside Darbs, they're not really coming anytime soon. But, um, yeah, it was just a meat-headed thing. It's like, what are you doing, mate? But, oh, well. But I don't blame him for that that try they conceded down there, and because Oates jammed him, people are getting mad at Oates. It's like, rewatch that try, lads. Darius is about three metres in front of his, of his half on his inside, which he can't be there, and he's narrow, and it's just that Oates had no choice. He jammed out of desperation. 
people always blame the winger. They do, and is. almost all the all the almost every time it's not their fault. Occasionally it is. Like some some of the times last year when Asako they screamed in for n- near no reason when everyone else is in position, that's his fault. But most of the yeah. time they scream in because it's like, well, if I don't run in, it's a three on one anyway. But I'm running and trying to shut this down, you know. Um, on the one where Oates just stood there and the ball hit him and yeah. went out, like obviously that that always gets ruled like the player played at it, and I don't mind. That's always the way it's ruled. But it annoys me when that gets ruled that someone's playing at the ball and then, but not on like a kick situation where someone charges up at the kicker, turns their back at the last second, gets kicked into him, and that's not played at. Like I agree with you, it's played at both instances. You take a step towards the ball like, when they're at the kick it, you played at that. You know what tackle it is. You know what's coming. Like, in both instances, the player isn't physically trying to yeah. grab the ball, but they're moving to get involved in the play. Like, they're involved in the football game. They're trying to influence the game. Like, you know, for both for me, they're both the same. You should have, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Yeah, I agree off. with you. Uh, anyway, let's keep going through these guys. And then, obviously, we've left them for last, but, like, their forward pack, they really did set the standard in this game. Like... Haas played that 80-minute stint and was exceptional there. And I thought Flegler as well was really, was really good through the middle. You know, he played 56 minutes, which is big for him. But I really I really did love his leg drive. I'm hoping maybe he can... Obviously, we're paying him a bit this or next year. So I'm hoping he can ascend a little this year. And he's got an opportunity to do that now with, with Lodge out and now Pangai out. So, yeah, I was, I was impressed with his work. And then Paddy Carrigan, I mean, don't like that he was a captain... I don't think he was as good as everyone's saying he was. He was. He only carded the ball eleven times in sixty minutes, but pretty pretty decent overall. Flegler and Carrigan probably both played two of their better games in first grade for mine. Yeah, and you only really need them to play like those kind of games when you've got Payne Haas doing what yeah. he did. I do feel like Haas could probably offload almost every time he run, runs the ball. By the way, he doesn't, but he always seems to like want to. He didn't offload once in this game, but it's like, mate, just. Just throw it. I don't care what you've been told. <laughs> I don't care the coach wants you to be conservative with the ball. Just throw the offload. Yeah, he might get an offload in his game more as he you know, continues to grow a bit. Corey Parker, that kind of happened to him. As he got a bit older, he started offloading yeah. a lot more. Yeah, that's it, mate. Very true. But I've just got here, I don't know if you ended up with different numbers, but for Haas, obviously he played the 80 minutes, but 19 runs, yep, 213 yep. metres. And oh, 190 hit-up metres, so taking the kickoff returns out. That's just ridiculous. Didn't miss a tackle. Yeah, you've nailed it, mate. And then also he had 86 of those metres post-contact, which is pretty much half his metres pushing through contact, where most of the time it's about 30% they usually do. So it's a good effort for him. And also he he just looks likely when it, to break free half the time too, hey. Like, there's definitely a free try coming again this season when he breaks the line like 30 metres out and just runs around the fullback. <laughs> I mean, it literally looks like when you see... A highlights video goes around the world every now and then of like some massive Kiwi guy playing in like his age, but like everyone's weighs thirty kilos less than him at eight years old. Yeah, yeah. You know, like he just looks like those, one of those people, and it's just it's not really fair to everyone else on the field. Yeah, that's it, mate. <laughs> and then um, Pangai. Okay, he sh- that was not worth a charge. I'm not trying to defend him because he's my boy. He's obviously got this because of his reputation, and he's earned the reputation he's got. So he probably deserves to be charged because of what he's... You know, reputation ends up being what you do. But, like, mate, he did not hit Justin O'Neill high. He did not hit him late because nobody was on him. Nothing he did, in my opinion, was illegal. Yeah, uh, like, I didn't think it was 
too bad when I first saw it, but everyone else on Twitter was saying it was not late but high, and I it was a bit hard to tell on the camera, so I just assumed it was yeah. because you know I'm always going to any like people always you defend it. your team, you're like oh you know it wasn't that bad, but as you said in the end he's known for this sort of stuff. And those players, like we've, you see the same with like Jared Weir Hargraves. He always gets charges and suspensions more readily than other players do because it's it's what his game is. And TPJ, yeah, that's he's his fucked game now. Too, like so. like te- like uh, Hargraves was like he's any time he does anything now, he's looking at four plus weeks. And they accepted it. And I know they didn't want to fight because it, it was six weeks, but it's like, yes, it's definitely stupid that he that he walked the line. But what he did was similar to me. Remember when Justin Hodges jumped on Brett Morris when he was injured? Like Brett Morris collapsed. And Hodges hit him hard, and it was it, yeah. What well, Payne did was grubby, but to me, it didn't break any laws of the game. And I thought first look, he did hit him in, in the head, but having watched the replay, he doesn't hit him in the head, and whatever. That's just it's frustrating, and he it, and he still has to own some responsibility there. That the first game of the season did something a little stupid too early, but um, you want your edge to me. I've said this before. I want my edge forwards to be in forces like that, and you know, you look at Tarek Sins for example at, at the at the Dragons. He hit Josh Reynolds about 17 times on Sunday, a few of them late. Even last year, a shoulder charged someone on the head, but because he hasn't got the reputation, he's allowed to be an enforcer on a weekly basis now. But Tavita Pangai has a reputation, and any small thing he does now is suspension. And even, we've seen people prove last year, when he hit Cooper Cronk late, people were then doing, after that, the exact frame-by-frame times he hit, pe- hit other players late by, other guys who got off, and Sims is one of them. Got no charge for a hit that was later than Pangai's. It's because Pangai hit Croft. Sorry, hit Cronk. And he just ended up in the situation now that like, he hit Cronk, then he did Maloney, and now he did this. It's just like the kind of the story around what he's done is worse than what he's done. And now he's got a fucking reputation to hold. There was the one. There was the one last year, too, where he smacked yeah. Maguire, and everyone was cheering it, saying it was one of the best hits of the year. And it was literally like frame perfect. The, yep, cron- that, the cronk hit. Yep, exactly. Like, that was identical. frame perfect. There you go. Like, yeah, brilliant. Um, but I mean, like he he has to realize too. When that's your reputation, you've got to be more careful. Like he has to be more careful than most of the other Fords out there. You know, he's got. I to agree be with you, hundred percent. Like I did say, that what he did is still stupid because he knows what he's done and in his reputation, what he's got. But it's just like it's just unfortunate the way it's come about because I still don't think any of them in their own vacuum are that bad charges. But you know, you rack them up, and that's that's what happens. And yeah, anyway. But people saying also he's the grubbiest in the league. Like hundred percent. Whatever Vunavalu's well, in the it, league. They're playing jersey numbers, close. mate. Just like when he hits Cronk, and that's worse hitting Maguire. It's just. It's Jersey numbers and the person it is, but Vunavali by, is by some distance the biggest grubber in the game. And he's probably... He's kicked someone in the head running the ball back like five times now, and no one gives a shit. No one cares that he's kicking people in the head, jumping when he's running the ball back, because he's a winger, and the excuse apparently doesn't know the rules. He knows what he's doing. They'd care if it was Billy Slater, but like you said, playing the number, playing the man. Um... I've got yeah. one thing here. I don't know if you I'm here, mate. I'm here. There? Okay. Um, uh, I don't have any like stats or anything to back this up, but just from what it seemed, uh, I think we kind of touched on this a bit before with Asako was backing it up, but it just seemed like we were happy to throw more offloads and kind of play that way a bit more than we have before. And we've had then like the people were there to back it up, um, Asako yeah. and Croft a bit. 
um, I don't know if you, uh, I haven't talked to you about this before, but yeah, I wasn't sure if we had like more offloads than previous year. Well, we like we didn't really have a high like, number, but I agree with you. It looked more likely that we were going to offload to somebody who was supporting rather than just no one standing behind the offloader. <laughs> yeah, that's probably part of it. Is like people were yeah options instead of like our main support player like being Darius Boyd. <laughs> standing and having a stare. That's it, mate. And. uh we probably could touch on the bench a little bit. The last, the last guy that's starting that we talk about is that day for feet a try. I, I, I couldn't <laughs> believe it when I saw yes. it. Like, it, it. There was literally, like he he breaks the line, and then should have been tackled about five meters down the field, which normally happens on stuff like this. The fullback should have taken him, and then when he has to run around the fullback. You know, any of the support coming after that should have also caught him. Like, it's just ridiculous what he did. I, I had it. Cra- yeah, yeah, mate, that's it. Like, stuff. it's. I had seen him. I've probably I've shown them to people years ago, but I'd seen him in space in at Cabra Park, and it's quite funny. I was speaking to Nick Campton yesterday, my old roommate, and he was talking about when he broke the line. He knew Fafita could do it because I'd shown him crap years ago. But I saw him in Cabra Park, and I saw him playing. Um, I might have sent you this video in Queensland Cup like two years ago when he got picked up the ball back of a scrum and went just went the distance of the field and beat, I forget who it is, not Mum and Barber and one of the other guys, one of the other two fast guys at the Jets, but he burnt them for speed. So I knew he had this speed and we hadn't seen it yet. Yeah. And so the moment he broke that line, I'm up there, on, I'm at my friend Frankie's house and he's and with his uh, wife Megan, and up there screaming, just burn him, you effing C. Top of my lungs, and then she's closing the door so the neighbours can't hear. But I just knew it. And then yeah, he took he, he stepped homes, and yeah, that's it. Like, but what he did, as you said, mate. I know it's we're getting used to a couple of freaks at our club, but what he did there is like things that you know guys like Hayne would have done when they, when they were at their peak, or kind of a GI thing, whatever. You know, doing something from their own half. It's something backs do. You just don't see edge forwards do that. How many times do you see an edge forward make a break and then look for support immediately or slow up or just get tackled? As you said, he broke that line, went drifted infield, straight in the, and then stood the fullback up. And then after he beat the fullback, which just happened with other forwards, generally they get swapped by like three guys. But he didn't have the, had the pace to then kick on and go the distance. It's just about as impressive as it gets from a, from a, a forward in general. And it's, it feels like we're saying this a lot, but it's just like that pain harsh try last year. This Fafita one is just one of those ones, is, you know, not once in a lifetime, but bloody close to it. Yeah, I think we also, last week I think I mentioned too, that we'd score some tries this year. Like, I said I wasn't convinced on our attack, but, you know, I said we'd score some tries based on Stags can just pull some stuff out and Fafita can and that. And, like, that, that this was this try. I was about to get up and yell at, um, yeah. I think it was Carrigan, threw him the ball. Because like, he went into half, and then it was just like, he had no idea what was happening, yeah. and he's like, I'll just throw it to Fafita. <laughs> I was just yelling at my TV, and then, yeah, just right when you need it, Fafita can just make that happen, and, you know, that's, last year we had games saved because of, you know, individual efforts from brilliant players. and It was, mate, and, as you said, and I love that he went through Cohen Hess, that absolute fraud to do it as well, which is great. But yeah, yeah, it's like it's funny. Like obviously, me and you, we've had wrong takes. But one, of, like, so every now and then you have one of those takes. And we've both had them. That you just, you can never be righter than you were. And I remember saying on this podcast like two years ago that that he was better than Jaden Sewell when he was seventeen. And it's like, yeah, I remember that. I remember, of course, I remember how right I was. But I remember that on the night. Like I remember when people thought 
like sorry, people didn't know who this guy was, and it was just so obvious that he was a first grade talent. And it's nice to see him like not long down the track that to be the guy he is. But I did love the dumb take. Look, if you take away him scoring the best try ever, Simo, he didn't actually have that great of a game. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, <laughs> it's like, it doesn't make yeah. any sense. <laughs> yeah, if it's like you get to the end of a touch football game, and you're like, guys, if we had a score more it, tries, mate. if you than just take away all the things we did wrong, we played well. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and final little things. I thought Reese Kennedy was pretty gas off the bench. I don't know if you have any different thoughts. I don't mind Herbie Farmworth. He looked okay in his small stint. And I was happy. Jimmy Hopper only played 20 minutes, but I was happy to see him play. He's kind of earned that run. And he's, he he played pretty well in that 20 minutes of mine. And now he's got to step up in Pangai's absence. So I'm glad he got the little run before it. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, yep. as you said, though, I'm still not completely convinced by this team just because... Obviously, there's we already these are things we know. We know the four packs could be known as individual talent. I'll be impressed once I start seeing us doing things consecutively that we plan and running over teams and winning like that. But I'm just obviously happy to win the first game at the Cowboys' new stadium because you can't take that away. We'll have that forever. Yep. Yeah, I think just on that, like we obviously we had good games last year, but it was just up and down. We had absolute trash games. You know, if they play at like this level consistently every week. You know, I'd, consistency would be a big yeah. thing for me. I'd love that. Um, and I think if you if they played at that level every week, you'd go a long way to beating a lot of football sides. Like, it wasn't the greatest in the world, but, you know, you'd, you'd still yeah, be a fair it, few mate. playing that's football it. like that. And the, the edge defense still scares shit, yeah, the shit out of me, by the way. Like, the Cowboys don't spread the ball fast enough. Oh, yeah. But, man, we are so narrow. The edge defense on our goal line scares the bejesus out of me. And there's some teams still, like, there's still going to be a game this year when someone puts 40 on us. It's just going to happen. That's it. Yeah, but, you know. That is, mate. Okay, let's move on is. to, let's do the preview of this week's game before we jump into the questions. So, rugby league still exists, which is great. <laughs> but... But yeah. tomorrow, for apologies moment. for the short lead-in, but whatever. <laughs> the Risen Bron- Broncos take on the South Sydney Rabbitohs at 8pm at Suncorp Stadium with no one in attendance. Uh, history between the sides, well, we used to have a great record over them. Not so much now because of bloody Wayne going... Sorry, we do have a great record over them. We used to have the undefeated streak against them. Gone now, thanks to Wayne. But uh, the head-to-head record is the Broncos have won, what have we won, 29, they've won 13, we have drawn once, uh, Bunny's won the last two. Anyway, the Broncos team this, Simo. Right, uh, full-back, we've got Jermaine Asako uh, on the left wing, Corey Oates and Darius Boyd, I think. Uh, on the other side will be Katoni Staggs and Jesse Arthurs, 5'8", Anthony Milford and halfback Brody Croft. Front row of Thomas Flegler and Payne Haas with Jake Turpin, the hooker. Second row, David Fafita and Jamil Hopawade, Patrick Garrigan, Locke. Interchange of Herbie Farnworth, Andrew McCulloch, Reese Kennedy, Ethan Bullimore, and the reserves at the moment just two of Tom Dearden. And, and over for the Rabbitohs, they've full strength. You know, Latrell Mitchell at fullback, Dan Gagai and James Rob. Sorry, Dan Gagai on, on the right wing, Campbell Graham's on the left wing, Roberts at right centre, Braden Burns at left centre. The Haas, you've got Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds. The forwards, the front row, you've got Tavita Totola, Damian Cook at hooker, and Tom Burgess, the other prop. The back row, Jaden Sewer, S-E-W-E-R, Sewer, 
Ken Murray and the lock Liam Knight <laughs> on the bench. Mark Nichols, Ethan Lowe, Harme Sele, Alex Johnson, and the two reserves left are Bailey Seren and Troy Dargan. The first thing I want to say is I am shit scared of James Roberts running at Darius Boyd. Like, I'm having nightmares about it. <laughs> yeah, this was going to be my first thing. We know better than anyone. James Roberts loves a revenge game, uh, especially when he feels yeah. that he was hard done by. You know, we saw we saw every time That's he it. turned up to play the Titans what he did to them. Um, and, you know, I'm sure he feels <laughs> that he got stiffed by us and, in particular, you know, Seabold. And I'm sure Darius Boyd is a worse centre than any other player. It could be close, but most likely, yes. (laughs) Um, I I mean, I might put some money on Oh, God, the revenge hat trick. And he'd be giving us the... There's no one there to shush. That's a good thing, mate. Yeah, there's... (laughs) He'd still do it. He he shushed an empty grandstand at the Titans once. I mean, Um, maybe maybe the lack of crowd will make him less angry, but I don't know. I'm Yeah. I'm hoping I can, we can catch some of his yelling at things on uh, on the the effects mics, which is great. Yeah, I, but yeah, that's definitely the big one for me. He, he loves a revenge game, and it's Darius Boyd. So yeah, that's I it, mate. That agreed. Um, also, want to comment. Said this in presence, and again, our lack of forward depth is embarrassing. We are down to literally the last. Like we've got Ethan Bullmore in there, and then Pride Peterson Rabadi is the last forward we have. Already, <laughs> like that's it. That's the last four we have. It we can pick. So if we have another injury this week, Pride Peterson Rabadi plays next week. But if it's not crazy to think that you know we could be one or two injuries down in another few weeks, and then what? We are we're going to be playing Darius Boyd in the back row <laughs> or something. Um, oh, well, yeah, that, Matt Lodge just started running again. Oh, so oh yeah, that, that scared me too, away. reading that. It's like, oh, yeah, he's running, but they've got to say how the running holds up in like three or four weeks. It's like, fuck. He's just going to do it again, isn't he? Well, this is the second time he's done this like the same way and he didn't have surgery and just kind of like got over it. So, I don't know. We'll see. But Yeah, ACL's I should be listening to you since you're now a, the predictive expert. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, it, just, it made sense. You know, don't don't run that That's much it. if you've got a bad ACL. You know, I thought it was yeah. pretty common sense. A new, but, a new you know. guy on that. That's good. Um, um, interesting as well to me is um, obviously playing at Suncorp in front of no no crowd of fans. Um, it just. I'm okay with the empty stadiums for a lot of it, but Suncorp has such a feel. It's going to be weird. Like, the ANZ being empty didn't feel that weird for the uh, Bulldogs game right now. It's like, yeah, this is kind of the similar thing, but it's like Suncorp games have a feeling, and that not being there is going to be bizarre. And there's no one for... Well, Pangai's out anyway, but there's no one for him to lay up in front of. Maybe he would have played better without a crowd. There's no one to be a dickhead in front of. <laughs> yeah, probably. I did like... I've I've got the Bulldogs game on in front of me, but... Obviously, I haven't muted at the moment, but I watched a bit before we started, and I I like it on the TV without the crowd, it, mate. as in like you can hear stuff. I do like that, but um, I I just I'm keen to see how the eels go. That's I it, mate. Mitch Moses just swear yeah, I tweeted that last week, saying like, look, we may have lost the negatives. We lost the crowd sound. The positives, we're going to get the swear mic. Like we're going to hear them all swearing on mic. It's great. Like, you just know the professor's going to get content from this season for like the next four years. I'm finally relevant like again. It's been three season. years. <laughs> I'm back. 
Um, I actually think, well, actually, this game's winnable. Not because I think I'm, we're better than what they're... Like, I don't think one game changes my mind on our team. It's more because I thought South started much slower than they than uh, they would have liked. Luttrell, obviously, is very underdone at fullback, and I don't rate him there anyway, so that's going to be a while to that sorted. Um, oh, but I thought their pack... Many people predict this, obviously, but I thought their pack didn't play very well last week. And I think it's going to improve as the year rolls on. I think Harme Sele will improve there. And, you know, maybe I'll figure out, get some more out of Liam Knight or similar. But last week, to me, Tola was their best forward. And that's not really a recipe you can rely on. So, um, I'm actually, I think that forward battle, even without Pangai, we could win that. And, you know, winning that is more than half the battle for, for with, our custard, <laughs> with, with our custard backs. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I was thinking we'd, we could even win. I've tipped Same, so have I. I mean, like ages so you know that's that's new um i just think also we played better in brisbane like all last year we won most of the brisbane games even how we were playing all year and lost all the sydney games um i don't know how much the crowd factors into that but i think you know still i'd rather yeah, I'm with you, Matt. i do think brisbane is a big factor for us and I, and I just think we can do it i know that that South's back line of star started. They also started so last week. There wasn't enough work out of many of those guys, not enough involvement from all of them. And if we win that forward battle, you know, we can probably get a, potentially get a roll on there. And I, and I don't know, because they changed things, they moved Murray off the edge last week and moved around. I, I think Sua and Fafita are matching up, which I'm here Fafita running over his damn face, which that's what I'm relying on a lot. I want him to run over his damn face. And not not get revenge because you know we, he's not South revenge. Fafita's not going anywhere, but just to make a statement, <laughs> we made the right call. Obviously, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's a no brainer. Obviously, you'd you'd take Fafita a million times over Tua. Um, my only real worry here is Damien Cook is going to be in his natural element. There's no big crowd, so he's going to get confused <laughs> for a prelim, and it's a sand pit, so the sand pit, all, everything coming up Damien Cook right now. Mate, I don't know about you, but I think he's pretty good at running on it. I've heard a thing or two. <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah, boy, do I yeah, have a stat for you. Do you know what he used to do? Um, but yeah, you know, obviously he, he doesn't like big games, so it's, it's a worry that there'll be no crowd to... He must just get nervous in front of like yeah, that's crowds it. of more than 5,000 people. <laughs> well, we can, I, mean, I do like that they're still playing the stadium noise in, in there. Maybe we can pump in crowd noise. They, used, they are used to that at South, but if we pump it in a really loud, it might scare him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, neither, mate. Um, We're not yeah, really going to waste time on fluffy previews. We've said that this year. Like, you know, We'll see what happens. We haven't got that much confidence, but I do feel like this week I am more confident than I probably should be. But I, I just feel like we match up quite well with them at this point of the season. I think as the year goes on, they will probably ascend to be the better side than what we are. But I feel like right now, with how underdone they, they, they looked last week, we were a really good shot. Yeah. Okay, no, let's get on to the agree. questions, mate. Um, yeah, I've gone one week and I've already, like, cut out my shit. Got it. Yeah, for in one week. <laughs> I had everything written down. And I had people's names bolded, like so I could see it, and everything. It it's a funny thing, by the way. Uh, but we, all, I don't, right. we don't look at the podcast charts often, if at all. But this, see, this last week, I tried to set up some tracking for both the podcasts I do, and I had a look at um, the Australian rugby podcast rankings in the Apple Store. And as I, as I said, it's like 
of course, the one I've put all this effort into for the last four or five years, Boom Rookies, I've invested time, money, whatever into preparation, other people's time, guests, all that kind of stuff. I was top five, stoked by that. But of course, of course, me and you doing our low effort bullshit, whinging at the Broncos, being less prepared than ever, doing this whenever we feel like it, hadn't recorded on schedule forever. Of course, we were number two. Of course, we outranked it. Like, of course, we were. <laughs> okay. We stopped doing right. The problem is, if, I think the, if we keep yeah. winning, we'll probably slide down those rankings. Like, I can't, it's pretty funny hearing how pop, more popular the podcast is when we're, when we're miserable. People just love the misery. It just it, it explains the news perfectly. It's disaster porn, but podcasts. Oh, we could. Good we could do a Cleveland <laughs> podcast. Put, write that down for the off season. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, right. So Michael Rook on Facebook. He says at least with the one point five meter rule. Yeah, that, well, isn't that funny? I do. Too. I do like that. There's like there's a, on the bench now. They put a rule in that the bench seats are one point five meters from each other, and it's like, boys, I think we're missing the. I'm missing the point here. Like they're still tackling. They're still going to be next to each other. They, they're, they're still touching each other every three seconds. Like maybe you can skip the uh, the bench spacing. Did you see, um, I think it was Brenton Reid on Twitter, like, it was after the first game, because the NRL put out, like, the guidelines and, like, how to interact with fans, and it was, like, no handshakes and all this sort of stuff. And then he blew up yes. after the game because all the players shook hands with each other, and he's like, how come they're not following the rules? Mate, like, he was just had his, he had his hand in his like, face on the ground at three seconds ago, just... rubbing his face into the ground. <laughs> it's like, what... Yeah. Just how dense apparently, are you? Like, apparently, uh, viruses only yeah, spread by hand contact. Nothing else. <laughs> well, even I um obviously touch football was a night ago. I didn't go to our touch football game because of the worried. Um, but someone else was saying it there. Touch comp. They got told all the Do teams got touch. told not to shake hands after the game. Yeah, so they spent forty minutes running around touching each other, yeah. and then like, no, don't shake hands. That's so, it, mate. That, they said that was an interesting one. Um, righto, keep going on this one. Dale Chester, mate, said, thoughts on Croft's impact I'm not so going to make one game on him a bit. change years of what I've seen. He's had good games like that at the Storm occasionally, but it's um, one of those things, mate, as we've, we've both said this before as well, it's kind of a win-win here. If he goes terribly, we're right. If he goes great, we're wrong, but it's for our team. <laughs> yeah, I think... Um, as far as the forward pack is behind here, like obviously the Storm always have a decent forward pack, but I think there's we've got obviously better individuals in our forward pack that can make moments happen for him too. Like he's running yeah. near Payne Pay or Fafita, you know these blokes. We have said in the past just, that a mediocre halfback is all we needed to steal to, to steady the team with having Milford there and now a Sarko fullback potentially fulfilling his potential there. But uh, I still was also worried about his defense. Again, they blamed. Um, who they blame was it Arthur's? I mean, they blame a centre when uh, Gavin Cooper went over. But it's like Brody Croft was the guy who was like two men narrow that he just went through. So it's not the centre, the outside man's fault. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, Rory Smith, he said predictions for the season and have they changed since the season is now behind closed I, doors? I think it's dangerous predicting anything right now. <laughs> like about what's going to happen, like. 
I mean, there's the, every single day there's a new discussion at the NRL about what potentially could happen, and you know, Origin's apparently going forward, but also Origin could be after the season. It might be cancelled. You know, there, there could be a massive outbreak next week of coronavirus and NRL players that kills everything. Like, I don't know if anything worth predicting anything, but um, predicting for the next few weeks is we might go okay-ish. <laughs> But yeah, that's like as soon as a player or like yeah. staff gets sick, that's it. That's the season. You see it happen like every other league, happening in soccer, happening in the that's NBA. It, as soon as a player gets sick, you just that's done. Um, Jaden Ed said, Mitch, "Well, one of them's already live for the Cowboys over the Dogs. I've tipped. I've tipped the Panthers over the the Dragons. The Broncos over the Rabbitohs. I've tipped the Raiders over the Warriors. Easy. Those are all easy." Uh, the, the 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 ones where your money are made is I've tipped the Seagulls over the Roosters and that's obviously uh, a, a, th- shot, a shot at the stunts. If you don't win tipping cons, I pick in the Roosters every week. Or maybe you do. Maybe it's... <laughs> anyway. Uh, Storm over Sharks. And I've also gone... <laughs> even though I'm on the, the ti- I'm on the side with the Tigers this year, I've gone the Knights over the Tigers and the Eels over the Titans. But I've just gone... The Tigers were, were very poor last week and got away with a win there. And I just don't think they could, they'll do it again. Um, yeah, I think I tipped. I did much not just see that try. Did you just see that try? He Man, is Gavin Cooper is like he a is a thousand, and they're still playing him. And he's, they're going to play him like round eighteen, and they'll play like Shane Wright. Then it's like you know what? This is the time to, to give someone else a chance, and then he'll come back for his farewell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one was a disaster, and I'm sure people <laughs> this podcast will enjoy that interruption. Um, uh, Edge Matthew says, when's Fafita try from last week make it into the intro of the podcast? James Roberts no longer Yeah, we, we have to change the intro. With the, 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 I mean, it's not hard to update it because obviously it's just bloody horses with three things over it. But I actually, um, I've got my, my missus is over here from Russia and people know I've been living with my mum to save money for that. Anyway, we've popped, we're living at my dad's now temporarily as well just because there's more room for both of us. But my, my computer's back at my mum's joint. And that's why my desktop I've had for about 10 years. And I went back there this week. I went back there just, you know, I've got to go on there and I wanted to grab the intro file from last year to make it easier just to edit that for, for Broncos Weekly. And also the PSD, you know, the Photoshop file of the NRL Boom Rookies logo, my other podcast. I only wanted two files from the computer. And I go in to, to turn it on like, and I press the on button and nothing happens. I'm like, that's strange. I look down and it's been plugged out, pulled out of the wall. I'm like, oh, that's fine. I'll plug it back in. Plug it back in and do turn it on and... Uh, Nothing happens. <laughs> so, yeah, my computer is currently dead, and I don't care enough to get that fixed. I've got a laptop, obviously. So, yeah, that's why the intro wasn't done this week, but there's no excuse why we didn't do it before the season. But uh, we, are, we have been talking about what we can put into it, and it, it might just be the Fafita try <laughs> three times, or the Haas try last year, or even potentially miserable things last year. We did... At one point, we got suggested... Someone suggested us in the off-season doing... The annoying thing Seabold said in press conferences, like effective contact and a few other things. So, who knows? We might just get crazy with it, but just not yet. It does, but... I think the Fafita yeah, one... We've got, obviously got to do that. It's not going to happen before this episode because it's already late. <laughs> That's it. No, we're going to go with last year's intro again. Um, righto, we'll move over onto Twitter now from Mr. Underscore S888. As part of the new emphasis on hygiene, should we all yeah, stop taking isn't our that phone? Funny? I've been sanitising more, but my missus is a pro hand sanitizer person anyway. But uh, yeah, it's so, uh, so we, we went to the library as I said today because it was actually a good working space, 
and someone coughed and this guy wanted to start a fight with him. It's like, people, like, he's like, mate, don't you, he screams at him, don't you fucking cough in here. It's like, what? <laughs> screaming like, but yeah, uh, that is a funny one though. I mean, I sanitize yeah. my hands. My phone has not been sanitized in ever. <laughs> Um, I mean, I don't clean my phone, but I also don't take it with me into the toilet. Because are, you, I, like, are you a business shitter? Get in and get <laughs> out, you know. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not sitting around there for ages. I was like, oh my god, I just saw. I just saw that the the, the, the bulldog stride. Like, my god, he can't move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's terrible. Um, I also, I'm not a huge fan of being on my phone. Like, I have to obviously sometimes when you're out and about. But I good, mate. Well, my with my missus being here again, as I mentioned, like, my free time's fuller with her. Like, oh, so I'm like not on Twitter or anything like, at night now, or any on my phone at all. And it's it's pretty good. I'm missing a lot of garbage. <laughs> it's almost garbage is fun, but yeah, it's pretty good. But I, but I do take it to the toilet. Yeah, you know, you I am a, I am a uh, poop and uh, poop and I, I don't tweet, but you know, maybe draft one or two up. <laughs> Um, from Pythago NRL, if we win on Friday and then the season is cancelled, yes. this coronavirus. And I feel like we should be the Corona Premiers that happens. We already won the four X Gold Premiers, <laughs> so we can be yeah. Corona Premiers as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ewan underscore Thomas, which of our young forwards do you expect will realistically end up manage will realistically end up managing to hold on to? If you were head coach. Would you hold on to TPJ? Media seem to suggest we should shop him. Personally, uh, mate, I like the people are idiots. Game. <laughs> we'll start there. The media don't watch enough rugby league, mate. They don't. It's all it, it, it's all about reputation, not performance of them. And and to, a year ago, they would have told you Pango is our best forward, and now they're telling you he's not worth anything. And it's like, yes, Haas and Fafita have ascended past Pangai. Does not make Pangai any less of a player. He's still a good rugby league player, as you said. His aggression is still needed. You keep Pangai around, the, and Obviously, right now, they've re-signed all of them. Fafita hasn't re-signed it. He's going to re-sign. They haven't bit the bullet. But for me, the guys you have to keep are obviously Hart and Fafita. The rest of them, even though I love Pangai, they could all leave. It doesn't matter that much. But you do think they're, they're the ones that they really got to hold, for me, would be Haas, Fafita, priority one, obviously. Number two priority is Pangai, maybe Lodge. Then three, Carrigan, Flegler. Joe O is the one I cut tomorrow if I have to save cash. And then we don't we use the starters so much that like we once we're fully fit we can get away with having two potatoes on the bench because they use Haas for like eighty minutes Lodge for sixty Carrigan for sixty the other prop has to play like two of them have to play like twenty minutes we have two potatoes there who cares um, I mean once you get past like in your tiers there once you get past Lodge I don't honestly care about any of them if. If they all got signed elsewhere and we had to find replacements, I like, mean, in the end, as you said, Haas and Rafita are like the two you can't lose. Point. The rest we can re- we can recover from it and we can manage. You don't want to lose some of those, yeah. but you can manage all of it. And and it's with our backs again. I couldn't give a shit who we lost, Bar Milford. <laughs> really, I like a lot of those players, and I like Oates as well too. But none of them I wouldn't lose sleep yeah, over. We've lost great, plenty of great players in our time. I wouldn't lose any sleep. Yep. Um... Righto, from Denny Boy, 1995. Has there ever been a oh, bigger man. international like, tragedy than Magic Round? I mean, we've been looking forward to that since last Magic Round, me, me and you, obviously, many others. And we, and we, we didn't 
we kind of didn't use the information I, sh- I shouldn't have shared, but I shared with you and uh, Frankie when it was on to get early tickets, sorry, early flights and uh, accommodation books. We're ready to go, pumped forever. And this bloody garbage. So we've got our money back, which is, doesn't even feel good. <laughs> like, it's not even, it does. It's like, mate, like. Nah, cause it, it was, just feels hollow. It's hard to recapture that. Obviously, I wasn't there last year, but it's like the momentum will go away eventually. Once it happens every year, and it's just hard to capture the excitement I have for this one on the back of the first one, and what you would have had as well. And it's just gone. Like, obviously, it's not confirmed it's gone yet, but it's gone. I mean, didn't someone say today there'd probably be three months before they get crowds back at the NRL if everything goes well? Like, so that's it, mate. It's gone. That's it. If it was eight weeks away, or maybe ten weeks, I might have held on. But no, it's it's gone. It's six weeks away, and yeah, it's it's devastating. Yeah, it's yeah. This is what I said before too. It hasn't been the best week. It like it's been like a couple of weeks where I've thought, you know, it mightn't happen. But this week was it was like two days ago. We said it in our group chat, yet. and it was like and. We, Death we to the stupid Twitter like, moron who suggests guys. we all go on Google Hangouts or something. Death to you. Someone's going to suggest that. And I hope <laughs> <Yeah>. they die. <laughs> no. It's, don't it's don't try right. to recreate the magic somewhere else. You can't. It's, it is what it is. And you just... You know, we're not going to be able to go to lefties and be drinking rum and apple juice. It's done. That's it. How we drinking rum and apple juice Miserably. by myself <laughs> in my own couch in the dark. In trying to care like, about that game when Knights I'm lit. Titans or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, righto, from Friday Night FB. If NRL never came back after Friday night, I would be happy that we ended it humiliating yes, the Cowboys. Yes, and, and they, 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 they tried so hard. It was so obvious they wanted there. to keep crowds at a game because of that game. That was the best. <laughs> yeah. I know. It was... um, smart ass unit. Oh, at Smart Ass Unit. Uh, we better. What? We, we better with or, or without, without TBD. We're obviously better with him. We've, that's been proven over time. Like, oh, him on the edge is still. He's not undefeated, but it's um, close. Him as an edge player. Yeah, I, I even like that game. So, okay, he his edge really record, good, by the way, he's now up to 18 games um, on the edge. I know, again, it's more than an individual game. 18 games on the edge, 15 wins, two losses and a draw. Him on the edge. He hasn't got a winning record at any other position. A little bit of a winning record at the bench, but that's the impact he makes for us on, on the edge, mate. That enforcer stuff is a good thing. He's won, He hasn't lost on the edge since 2018. Yeah. No, I, I'm. You got to put up with what he does, but I'm a big fan of him. That's and it. Mate. There, Fifteen other clubs out there would all take him if they could. Uh, King Wally one is Brodie Croft a chance to win the Dalian medal? Yes, that's exactly how the, med- the medal works. Season, terrible. Just off media hype alone. <laughs> I I have looked a couple times, but I can't find markets for anywhere. But I would dead set put like ten bucks on for the Dalian. He got points this last Didn't game. Didn't Holmes get a point? Or was Literally it Tamalolo? One of them of got a point. And it's just... You know, and it's just... Yeah. It's always... There's a media story like that year with Mitchell Pearce. 
and he just he won he got like three points for like because every time they won like oh mate Smith's Pierce is his that. calming influence and what yeah. yeah and and when they didn't it's like oh Pierce was the best and he'd still get a point and it could definitely be like you could definitely and I know they're looking into changing that system I don't know if it's coming next year or whatever they're investigating but it's going to change soon because they're actually what a shock it's gone in-house at the NRL and they've realised it's actually a terrible voting system well I'm not saying that as a fact but it's obviously not a perfect voting system behind closed doors at the NRL they know that um, so yeah that might change but this is this is exactly the problem with it is like you, every game is worth the same and media opinion is what matters on actual performance so it's just like that Eels, Bulldogs game, someone got the same points in that game. Someone got points for that as this game. Yeah. A, I tweeted like at the end of that game. I was like, That's just it. remember the Dally M guys. This is and we all the sit there laughing how cooked some of the takes up and the people watching the game. And then it's like, game. they give that award out. And then we act like that award matters. <laughs> it's like, it's like, okay. Yeah. That's like that, that person gets six, six points to hand out for this game. Uh, GM Walker underscore. Is there any player in Broncos history with a poorer record at the judiciary than TPJ? I he agree with all those so takes. It's, 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 it's true. He has been careless. Uh, but no, he's definitely the worst Broncos record at the, at the judiciary. I haven't got the numbers in front of me, but he's up there now with his repeat charges. He's up there with, you know, Sam Burgess, Rhea Hargraves, and not Luke O'Donnell yet, but when you get to that level, it's like you just, anything you do, you're, you're missing time now. He's at that point, it's been that bad. He needs to go, he has to go clean. When he gets back, it probably won't happen. But he cannot get suspended again this year because he's like after that he's just ruined. The loading is ridiculous. Yeah, Manny McP twenty five. Yeah, psycho look, for Lomax. That's a long time nine. Lomax doubter. Even your own club moved him after one game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Corey Goats over under six. Five times James Roberts burning Boyd on the outside. Oh, Are you taking probably the unders. Because, just because they got to get in the ball in a good space that amount of times, and it's Adam Reynolds on that side. But yeah, you know, maybe maybe, maybe five. <laughs> I mean, it six point five is a huge, highly line high line to set. Um, Brett Shank said, "Can you discuss why well, the Broncos are getting last week? Is the all reason that society is collapsing? <laughs> I hope we're responsible for that. I mean, it'll it'll result in if, our if we're winning and collapsing. there's also a global Nothing's pandemic. Tune into this <laughs> when we're happy. True. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is an interesting one from Carl Schroeder. One, what happened to Andrew G after he stole the less questions asked, the more answers you get. I think." <laughs> You remember, I think we've talked about this, yes. but when he got that great super story. drunk and ended up asleep um, on someone's front And also, door. like, how like Wayne brought him into a box at a game yeah. when he was leaving, because he was given, like, the last F you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, anyway, like, this um, is this would be no shock to anybody, <laughs> but uh, Andrew G's uh, trade business is under fire. <laughs> He's, um... He's leaving customers out of pocket from not, not building, finishing contracts and building homes to their completion. Yeah, he's usually, they do one of those things that usually only happens in America because you can't get away with that much property swindle here. And he's done it over here. He's, so he's taken 120 grand from someone who hasn't built shit yet. That's good on him. He will be. He's probably been on there. Yep, here we go, Google. He'll be on a current affair. In but no the time. current affair is... They've been on it. Andrew G had no comment when approached by a current affair. <laughs> 
That's it. Just okay, concerned well, that's it. I mothers. I didn't know that because no one watches someone? a current affair. So. Sweet. That probably wraps up right on a near an hour right too. Right. Well, that's good. everything I've got. Let's see. Anyway, let's get out of here then. Yeah, and uh, hopefully two, we, so we have a... Bang on the hour. A rugby league future next week. <laughs> I think we'll, the NRL will deny any, any form of coronavirus. I think if a player comes out with it internally, they might hang him in the streets. So, uh, yeah. I saw, um, I think that's a double movement, but I saw, I think it was one of the blokes on Twitter was saying, like, you'd hate to be the first player to get coronavirus because you're just a meme forever, <laughs> you know, in the NRL. And it's like, I, I forget, uh, Oh, yeah, Rudy, Rudy Gobert. Yeah, I'm forgetting his name now. The first guy that got touched. Yeah, like, he's. Yeah, he's and the thing is, he might have he might not have been the first one to get it, but it, touched all even though he was doing all the dumb stuff. Like, but that doesn't matter. Because, like, obviously, other people got confirmed they had it, like, the day after. It's like, well, they might be. They might have had it before him. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You you were the first guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love that video. I mean, especially like after that video. Oh, what a shock! By the way, no Lachlan Lewis being hooked and Joe Stimson also like... not back on the field for the Bulldogs. Yeah. What? What? Who could have predicted Joe Stimson not good, leaving <laughs> the the storm, and then Brody Lachlan Lewis again still not good at rugby league. That's it, mate. Yeah, whatever. Oh god. Anyway, we've, we've talked Lewis, a lot mate. about a game that's got neither about has got our team in it, and it's also live that's going to be delayed tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. But, and yeah, it'll probably so boost our ratings somehow because any time we do something that seems terrible this, <laughs> the ratings just go up <laughs> okay good to see you mate, just, mate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll talk to you later then see ya Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.